Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Baaloscha. Parshas Baaloscha is a very rich parsha containing many different themes. It begins with the lighting of the menorah that Aaron and the other Kohanim were commanded to so do. Rashi tells us this is because Aaron was dejected and uh, that he was not included, his tribe, in the end of last week's parsha of the gifts to the sanctuary. Hashem says to Aaron, for you, your part is even greater than theirs. You will light the menorah, understood by the Ramban to mean not only as long as we have a Beis Amigdash, but also referring as well to the lighting of the Hanukkah menorah, which came about through the Kohanim, the Hashmonoyim. You have in this week's parsha <coughs> Pesach Sheni, those who could not participate in the first Pesach in the 15th of Nisan and bringing the Korban on the 14th of Nisan, if they are impure or a, at a great distance, they're given a second chance, Pesach Sheni. We're told of the special public address system that Moshe had in the desert, the Chatzotzros, the blowing of the trumpets, Moshe inviting his father-in-law, Yisro, to join them, no simanachnu, we are traveling to Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> then comes the two psukim of Vahibin Soa and of Anucho Yomar that we are familiar with. We recite them whenever we take the Torah out and return it to the Oron. These two verses are bounded by inverted nuns. There's an exciting Gemara in Shabbos. 115b and 116a, which tells us that the book of Amidbar is really divided into three parts. These two verses are a book unto itself. And in the future, while the Torah will never be changed, these two verses will be returned to the beginning of the book of Bamidbar where it speaks about the traveling of the Jewish people, Vahib and Soha Aron will fit in to the second chapter of Bamidbar. After that, we have several trying, challenging incidents. The people complain about the diet. Moshe is given the Sanhedrin. At the end of the parsha, you have the Lashon Hora that Miriam and Aaron speak about Moshe, and it is there that Hashem teaches Miriam and Aaron and the rest of the Jewish people for all eternity of the uniqueness of Moshe, and that the level and quality of his nevuah is different from all other prophets. I'd like to... (coughs) focus on the Haftorah that we're going to read this Shabbos. It happens to be also the Haftorah for Shabbos Hanukkah. 
and the um, it comes from the book of Zechariah. It begins in second chapter, verse fourteen, and it goes till the fourth chapter, verse seven. Now, the question first of all is: the rabbis tell us that the Torah was instituted because there was a time when the Jewish people could not, were forbidden by the government to read the Torah. So the rabbis selected a passage from the scriptures which would remind them of the theme, or one of the themes, of the Torah reading. So if I were to ask anybody why are we reading this Torah? you're going to tell me, and you're right, that towards the end of the Torah, in the beginning of chapter 4, the Novi Zechariah is shown <coughs> an image of the menorah that would be in the second temple, and therefore, since the parsha begins with the lighting of the menorah, you have the Haftorah dealing with the menorah. And if that's your answer, I cannot say you're wrong. Rav Salvechik Zechron Levracha had a very exciting answer, and he says, wait a minute. The Torah, as much as tells us at the end of the parsha, as noted before, of the significant difference between the prophecy of Moshe, which is a pe'el-peh, God spoke to Moshe directly as one person would speak to another, and all the other prophets that had their prophecy bachalom, in a vision, bamore, <coughs> in a dream. <coughs> now, the idea is that all the other prophets had what we call aspaklaria she'enu me'ira, a vision what was not with, without absolute clarity. Moshe had Aspaklaria Hamaira absolute clarity. Now, by the way, you have to understand that when I say without absolute clarity for all the other prophets, the Rambam says, What do I get from the Akedah? Avram was told in a dream to take Yitzchak to the Akedah. Now, when Avram awoke that morning, he doesn't say, oy, 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 it must have been a nightmare. He's ready, willing, and able, and he does on the third day. He doesn't do it five minutes later to take the knife and bring Yitzchak as a karban. No, three days later, he's still committed to this. There was absolute surety on the part of Avraham of the authenticity of his prophecy. But still, said Rav Salavechik, the reason why we read this Torah is to show that the Navi Zachariah, as great as he is, when he sees the vision, as we'll discuss in a moment, and he asks the Malach, what is it that I'm looking at? And the Malach says, come on, you know. And what does the Navi answer? No, I don't. Stop right there. That is the difference between the prophecy of Zechariah and all the other prophets, and that of Moshe, who had Pe'el Pe' 
absolute clarity and surety as one man would speak to another. That's the way Kavayochel Moshe spoke to Hashem. Now, let's take a peek at the uh, Haftorah. The Nabi Zechariah <coughs> was one of the three prophets that were there at the time of the second base Hamigdash. In order to build a base Hamigdash, you need a Navi. Nasan Hanavi was there in the days of Shlomo, overseeing, telling the word of God regarding the first base Hamigdash, and Chagai, Zechariah, and Malachi were the three Navim at the time of the second base Hamigdash. Now, the Navi Zechariah is shown a menorah, a uh, candelabra of seven branches, and it is, wow, Zahav Kula. It was entirely of gold, Vagula Al Rosha, and a bowl on its top, Vishiva Nero Seha Oleha. And there are the seven branches of this menorah. I'm reading from chapter 4, verse 2 of the Haftorah. Shiva Vishiva Mutsokot Laneros. There were seven funnels, you can say, coming out of this bowl to each of the seven branches, namely leading to the uh, menorah and Ushnaim Zeisimolera. There are two olive trees that were standing next to the menorah. Echod mi minagula, v'echod al smola, and one to the right, one to the left. The from the olive trees came the olives. All this is being done by itself, without man's involvement. From the tree come the olives into the bowl. From the bowl comes the oil and comes the flow into the uh, menorah. So the Navi asks the Malach, what's going on here? And the Malach says, come on, you know. And the Navi says, no, I don't. What does it mean, no, I don't? Of course, the Navi knew what he was looking at. He was looking at the menorah made of gold, which represented great affluence. And he said, I don't know. This doesn't match. It doesn't match what we are now about to build the second base on Migdash, where they had great poverty. They didn't have a golden menorah. They had menorah made of seven iron posts, period. And, of course, he knew what ideally and symbolically the two trees were. The two <coughs> olive trees represented the two persons who are anointed with the olive oil, namely the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, and the king, Ayayay. In Bayashani, in the second base Hamigdash, there were neither nor. We didn't have a king, 
unfortunately, halfway in Bayasheni, the Chashmonoyim, Chanukah time, took kingship uh, apart themselves. And that, the Ramban writes, was a terrible sin on their part. So we didn't have kingship in Bayasheni, and we didn't have, um, you know, the Kohen Gadol as well. That position during Bayasheni was a very challenging one. Every year, they had a change because they died. The quality of uh, the Kohen Gadol was a bought position. It was not that pristine, uh, special uh, position of Kohen Gadol that was in the first Beis Migdosh, and, please God, in the future. So the Navi says, what's going on here? And the Malach says to him, you know. Now watch this. <coughs> the Briskarov in his Sefer on Torah, in Simon Kuf Ayin Tes, writes in the name of his father, Reb Chaim, a beautiful explanation citing the Rambam in chapter 6 of Hilchos Beis HaBchira, Halacha 16. And there, the Rambam teaches the following. Based upon the Talmud, there were two, quote, comings, or the Jewish people taking hold of the land of Israel. The first one was done in the days of Yoshua. Joshua conquered the land, and until the Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Bavel, conquered the land from the Jewish people, the land had its kedusha, had its holiness. Once the land was conquered, and unfortunately they, the Babylonians, uh, overruled, overran the land, the land lost its kedusha. When Ezra came back, that was Kedusha Shnia, the second sanctification of Ezra. That was Kitshula Shaita, that was for the moment, meaning for the days of Ezra, and Kitshula Asadlavo. That sanctity is for the future as well. And Ramam explains why. The first Kedusha of Yoshua based on Kibush. You conquered the land. When it's conquered for you, it's no longer yours. The second one was based on Chazaka. Namely, the Persians gave the Jewish people the right to rebuild the second base of Migdash. And that was the focus. They rebuilt the second base of Migdash, and then they started settling around it, around it, and around it. And the sanctity of the Beis Amigdash kept spreading, spreading, spreading throughout, quote, the land itself. As you went further away, it had less sanctity, but the sanctity of the land came from the Beis Amigdash, which is the Shechina, and the Rambam writes, Shechina ain't a betela. So what's going on here? The conversation between the uh, Navi and the Malach is, says the Navi to the Malach, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the second base Hamigdash. The Maloch answers him, watch, that famous answer of, this is what you need to know. This is what you want to tell the leader of the Jewish people, Zerubavel. Lo b'chayel, v'lo b'choach, ki Amar Hashem 
which means not through armies of conquest and not through might, but through my spirit, says Hashem. Because my spirit is what led to the second sanctity of the land of Israel, this Kedusha is never broken. You are actually seeing not only what will be now, but you're seeing what's going to be, please God, in the third Beis HaMikdash. That was shown to the Navi Zechariah. This is read on Hanukkah, not just to remind us that there will be that third Beis HaMikdash, but it gives us this incredible excitement, a, a glimpse of what's going to be in the future, great prosperity, and as the... Um, Navi tells us that in <coughs> chapter 2 of Zechariah, verse 15, there's going to be great conversions into the future. The whole world is going to recognize Hashem. They're going to recognize a special relationship between God and the Jewish people. So this Haftorah is what gives each and every one of us that incredible impetus that incredible dose of faith, of emuna, there's going to be the coming of Mashiach, there's going to be the third Beis HaMikdash. Please God, Bimheira, Biyameinu. Shabbat Shalom to all.